Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us for this episode of the Women in Pharmacy Leadership Series. This podcast invites members to share their stories and experiences on a broad range of topics affecting women in the pharmacy profession. In honor of Mother's Day, we thought it would be fun and interesting to highlight mother-daughter pharmacist pairs. During today's episode, we're going to delve into the relationship of three pharmacist duos and how this unique relationship has influenced their lives and careers. My name is Maria Carias, and I am Director of Member Operations at ASHP. Before we jump into the discussion, I'd like to take a moment to introduce our speakers. Our mother-daughter pairs are Shelly Spiro and Diana Quach. Shelly is the Executive Director of Pharmacy HIT Collaborative in Alexandria, Virginia, and Diana is Director of Clinical Pharmacy at Optum Care Nevada in Las Vegas. Virginia Wallace and Delia Carias. Virginia is a clinical pharmacist at Methodist Hospital in Olive Branch, Mississippi, and Delia is the Medication Use Policy Coordinator at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. And finally, Stacy and Gabrielle Pierce. Stacy is a pharmacist at Walmart Pharmacy in Simpsonville, South Carolina, and Gabby is a PGY1 specialty pharmacy resident at the University of Illinois, Chicago. So Diana and Shelley, let's start with you. Shelley, what led you to a career in pharmacy? And Diana, how would you say that influenced you to follow a similar path? Well, thank you, Maria. Uh, growing up, uh, none of my family members were in any type of healthcare at all. Um, and I, I excelled in chemistry, especially during high school and college and was tutoring uh, a colleague in organic chemistry. Um, he was applying to pharmacy school. I didn't know anything about pharmacy at all. So I met the pharmacy school enrollment uh, criteria and I began my journey as a pharmacist. Uh, I owe my vast knowledge of pharmacy to mentors, friends, and colleagues who showed me the importance of involvement in, in the pharmacy profession as a way to advance my pharmacy professional career. Yeah, and, and as Shelley's daughter growing up, I saw a woman that could have it all. Uh, flourishing career, spouse, lots of kids, and, and this balance. And I had really early memories of my mom being on call when she managed a nursing home pharmacy. So going in with her in the middle of the night, uh, I would get a chance to do pretty often and, and not really knowing what she was doing, but feeling a bigger purpose. And we would go into nursing homes to deliver the meds after hours. And I would see these seniors waiting at the doorways of their rooms alone. And it struck me in such a very profound and positive way what my mom was supporting in her career. So I knew I wanted to be a part of that. And that really forged my way into a career in geriatric pharmacy. Wow, I really love that um, phrase that you said, women that could have it all, because I feel like that's something that is talked about quite a bit about, you know, wanting everything that you can possibly get and striving to different points in your career. Um, and then also seeing how important pharmacists are to, you know, it's not just the physicians or the nurses, it's also the pharmacists that care for the patients. So Gabby, how about you and your mom, Stacy? Hi. So much like Shelly, as a young 17 or 18 year old high school student, I really didn't have any idea what I wanted to do. I was in a, an advanced high school chemistry class and our teacher had us go around and tell what we were going to do after graduation. 
And I, at that time, thought, well, I'll be an English teacher. Well, the girl sitting directly in front of me said, I'm going to be a pharmacist. And I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. And after class, I talked to her about it, really got some additional information about what, what was required and what that might look like. And I thought, well, that's interesting. So I went out and actually got it. My first pharmacy job was in an independent pharmacy where I got to experience firsthand how impactful that career could be. And so that's really, I kind of got into pharmacy by accident by sitting behind Katie Harper in chemistry class. It was definitely interesting for me growing up with a mom who worked in the community setting because I remember as a kid, we would be out running errands. We might be walking through the grocery store and a stranger would approach my mom and myself and be so excited to see my mom and start asking all of these questions about their medications. And as a kid, I remember, you know, my mom would say, oh, it's a patient from work. It's someone that I, I manage all of their medications. I've been, you know, filling for their family for 10 years. And as a kid, that didn't really mean much to me. But as I got a little bit older, I started to realize what an impact she was having on these people's lives, that they would see her out in public, not at work, and just feel so excited to see her. I think it really just spoke to the impact she was having and the amount of respect that they had for her as a pharmacist. For me as well, I definitely think it influenced me growing up with multiple pharmacists in the family. Um, I had three pharmacists in my family, my mom, my aunt, and my uncle, and they all practice in very different settings. So for me growing up, I always saw them all as pharmacists, but they all had such different roles in the healthcare team. And that was something that really appealed to me as I was trying to figure out what direction I wanted to take with my career. It was interesting to me that they all went to the same schooling, but ultimately were doing such different jobs. I liked that there was so many options in the pharmacy profession and so many different directions I could go with the PharmD degree. Love that. The impact on the community and the varying roles in pharmacy and on the care teams is just tremendous. There's so many options um, for where you can take your degree. So now to our final pair. And before handing off to you both, I did want to share a fun fact with our listeners. Delia also happens to be my sister-in-law. Um, so even though we share a lot, um, you know, just family and personal. I don't think we've ever really talked in depth about how you and your mom landed in pharmacy. Well, um, I got into pharmacy kind of like she said, like by accident. I knew I wanted to have a profession where I could support myself if I ever had to. And I did, didn't have any pharmacists in my family, but I did uh, have a real good friend that I babysat for that was a drug rep. And I kind of got into it being, being the total nerdy tea danger that I was. I spent a lot of time sitting around reading the PDR uh, in my <laughs> teenage years. When I got ready to go to college, I, my daughter's laughing at that. I couldn't decide if I wanted to do pharmacy, if I wanted to do med tech. And then after spending one semester in microbiology lab, I realized I did not want to do med tech. So got into pharmacy that way and I was glad I did. And I may be the only one on the call that did not want to be a pharmacist growing up at all. Gabby, like you, both my parents were pharmacists. And so I wanted to stay as far away from pharmacy as possible. But I learned like many children do that my mother actually probably knew a little bit more than I did. And um, it was after I got a job as a pharmacy tech in undergrad to help make some extra money that I realized you know, this is really interesting. I really do like this. And I know I giggled when my mom said that she read the PDR, but 
I would sneak the drug topic magazines home and read them. Um, and that's kind of when I realized I had a problem and I needed to address it. And I called her up and was like, you know what? I think you were right. <laughs> what mothers always want to hear. <laughs> I think that's a story I've never heard before, but that is the phrase, you know, mothers always know, mothers always right. Um, so along those lines, this episode is branded as a part of the Women in Pharmacy Leadership series. So I'm curious to hear more about the mother's experiences as a pharmacist when women weren't really as prevalent in the profession, just both number in the field and just in leadership roles. Well, I can say when I started pharmacy school uh, back in the early 90s, it was about 50-50 men and women. So it was really becoming more popular for women to explore pharmacy as a profession. When, upon graduation, however, when I was out working in a community pharmacy, I frequently got phone calls or people approaching the counter and they'd ask to speak to the pharmacist. And when I would say, that's me, I'm the pharmacist, they would say, oh, well, the man pharmacist. So even though it was becoming more popular and prevalent in school, in the academic setting, I think the public's perception was just starting to turn to see pharmacists in that role. Um, and then when Gabby started pharmacy school, I think the, the ratio is even more like 75 or 80% women. Would you say that's true, Gabby? It's definitely something that's shifted a lot. I would say that probably 80% of my class was female. When I started in pharmacy school in the late 70s, it probably was 60, 40, closer to 50, 50 uh, in school. But, and when I got out, I, it probably I was mostly males working in, in the hospital that I initially started in. And I can remember being afraid that I wasn't going to get a job because I didn't think the director wanted to hire another female because he'd had some bad experiences, supposedly with some. But I did get that job. And um, as far as being a woman, I really never had any problems with that. I always kind of felt like one of the guys. But the growth of the profession throughout my career, whereas when I first started, I wanted to be in the hospital. I wanted to be downstairs. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to talk to doctors or patients. Or I just wanted to be downstairs. was basically afraid of my own shadow. And But after about four years, got the opportunity to go to the floor and work and realized very quickly that I could make a big difference and be an invaluable source to nurses and physicians. And so basically wound up doing all the things that I said I never would do. Be on the floor, help the nurses, help the doctors, talk to the patients and become part of the true pharmacy team. Yes, uh, when I was uh, in pharmacy college in the early seventies, we were definitely less than half of my class. And we had a pretty large class at that time. Uh, were women. It, it was probably between a quarter, uh, probably a, uh, a third were to a half were women. There, so there was definitely a large gender gap in, especially for me, because I was very interested in management. I did uh, business administration, was going to teach business administration, mainly because my husband was in finance and we really wanted to have something in common. So I didn't take the clinical route. I took more of the business route. And it took me 12 years after graduation to really land a management position. Not that I wasn't qualified because I definitely was qualified. It was more that I was in the right place at the right time. And I think every career path that I've taken within pharmacy 
had that. I was just in the right place at the right time to allow a woman to be in that position. And I think it's, it's better than it was back when I went to school or uh, became a pharmacist, that it's a little bit more easier to get involved in, in, in management positions. Well, so it sounds like the overarching theme here, making the difference for all of you was that self-confidence and perseverance, really making sure that your voices were heard and kind of creating those spaces for yourself. Shelly, you, you commented that you were more interested in management and you kept hustling until you got there. So you really have set an example for all of your children. Um, and so to the daughters, have you always wanted to be a pharmacist like your mom? I can say that for me, I definitely didn't necessarily grow up always knowing pharmacy is what I wanted to do. Um, there were times when I was younger, I thought maybe I would go to law school or do something completely different. But I do have memories of being younger. There were a few times that my dad would get called into work later in the day and my mom would still be at work about to get off. And I have memories of hiding in the back of the pharmacy. I'm sure we couldn't do that now, but hiding in the very back of the pharmacy where they kept the candy and hearing my mom go about her day, count by fives, counsel the patients. And that's just something that stuck with me, seeing your mom walk around in a white coat and be in that position of authority, that position where she's managing her team and she's also answering questions and she's showing empathy throughout all of this. It's something that definitely has an impact on you seeing firsthand, even when you don't fully understand what her job is. So for me, that was kind of what started me thinking it. I will say that I've made a lot of decisions in my very, very short career that have diverged from the path that she took. I didn't necessarily see myself going into community pharmacy, but it's still where I got my start. My very first job was a pharmacy technician at a community pharmacy. And I did appreciate that I was able to start in the similar path as my mom, but over the years, I was able to see community practice change through her eyes and listen to her talk about the struggles that she was facing and the way that the, the expectations changed over the years and what the community pharmacists were being asked to do and how their time was being allocated. And so for me, there were definitely good things that I learned, but I also got a very realistic view and that I heard what the negatives were and I was aware of what struggles she was facing on a daily basis. And so when it came down to it, for me, I was able to pick a different path and for me, that was specialty pharmacy. So I already mentioned, obviously, that I did not want to be a pharmacist. But what I did see my mother do was really be a role model for me growing up. And like Diana mentioned, the woman having it all, that's what I saw. I saw my mother with a successful career. The doctors would listen to her. I remember going up also, like, if I was sick, I would go to work with mom. And I would sit in the cardiac rehab office and watch the old videos uh, while she went to rounds. So I saw that successful career and her still being able to be a wonderful mother. It's, it's funny because now as a mom, there are times when I get overwhelmed. I mean, things get busy. And I think back to my mother being a single mom with four girls. And it really kind of reminds me that I can do this. You know, my mom did this. I can do it. I love that. And how interesting to see us feeling as daughters that we have this great 
uh, role model as a mother that has it all all the time, but knowing on the other side, that's not the case all the time. So um, very interesting to hear that um, perspective. And yes, like Gabby had an interest in law, I had even considered it after pharmacy school, um, but overall kept coming back to pharmacy as my primary goal, really because of that story that I told at the beginning um, of the podcast. But, but growing up is I have such fond memories um, with my mom and many of them have pharmacy in the background. One other story I'd like to share is I would attend state pharmacy affiliate meetings with her as a very young girl, not knowing what these meetings were, but just to have the opportunity to spend some more time with my mom, I'd go. And I'd see her meeting all of these very interesting people and never looked at it then as a networking opportunity, as we know, you know, affiliate meetings and professional organizations allow us to do that. But it showed me the impact that building relationships can have not just on your personal life, but really on your professional life. So it was very impactful for me. And, and once I got into the pharmacy world, even as a student, I began to realize how much she had accomplished in her career. And these are really big shoes to fill. So for a while, it was finding my own voice, establishing my own self and my career, and continuing to lean on her through all areas of my life, both personally and professionally. And honestly, I can't imagine going through my pharmacy journey without her. I love all of your stories. And actually, it makes me realize that, well, I had not realized how common it was for moms to take their children to work. You know, if they were sick they and they just had to go to work, they couldn't just not show up. So, you know, I think we all have that in common where we sat in the back of the room. You know, my mom's not a pharmacist. She's a, a, an elementary school teacher, but I do remember just sitting in the back of the room if I wasn't feeling well. And she was like, well, I got to go to work. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and just reading the different books and watching videos and whatnot. So we all have a lot of the same memories. And Diana, your memory of attending state affiliate meetings with your mom is a perfect segue to my next question about association membership and volunteerism. Um, so we had reached out to all of you uh, because of your involvement with ASHP. How would you say that volunteering in associations have influenced your career? I would say tremendously. And, and during pharmacy school, I was heavily involved in, in student associations and had a love for it naturally from my upbringing. And I was selected into the American Society of Consultant Pharmacists at ASCP Executive Residency Association Management Program in 2005, which really catapulted my love for advocacy, giving back to the profession through volunteering, continuing education, all of the wonderful, rich, um, items we get from being a part of a pharmacy association. And when I completed that residency, I moved back to Nevada, ready to take on the world as a new practitioner. And Nevada's state pharmacy association had fallen and our state was functioning without any affiliate chapter. So through my lessons learned during residency and network connections specifically at ASHP, and within the state, we were able to reinvigorate the Nevada ASHP chapter affiliate. Um, it was around 2006, 2007. Um, and very happy to report the organization is still going strong. In addition, I've also been serving on the ASCP National, ASCP National Board of Directors for the last four years. And I've continued networking, growing, volunteering in many of the different pharmacy associations. So as many of the listeners I'm sure can, can attest, once you're in 
any pharmacy profession of, of your choice, whether it's ASHP or another, you really get a love for it. And I would say it really started from my blood and from the beginning. That's great. And, and that's, it's absolutely true. And as I stated earlier, I had many mentors in, in my pharmacy career and it, it was always involved in, in some cases to lead or to be involved in, in the association work. When I started out as a, as a hospital pharmacist, and my first hospital director was Harlan Lee, and he was the 1975 president of the Illinois Council of Hospital Pharmacists. So he really put into my brain the importance of really being involved in the pharmacy profession. And I, I've led many pharmacist leadership and, and uh, leadership in elected positions, including the Nevada Society of, of Hospital Pharmacists president in 1993. And then I became president of the American Society of Consultant Pharmacists in 2009. And today, since, and since 2010, I've led the Pharmacy HIT Collaborative which is really overseen by the CEOs of the National Pharmacy Professional Associations, which is really the top position for me because I get to work with all of the associations and really help advance the pharmacy profession as it relates to health information technology. So I feel very blessed by the work that I've done and I really owe it all to the associations and to the mentors that help uh, get me here. And I always say this, I've given my only daughter back to the profession. So I'm so happy and, and honored that she uh, has continued on that legacy of working with the, the professional associations. Thanks, mom. That's sweet. <laughs> well, my association with different organizations has kind of gone back and forth over my career. Uh, I did get into it probably the, the most active I was was when I went back to get my PharmD in 2007. And through one of my professors, I had done some research for her and we did a paper and went to the summer meeting of ASHP. And I believe that was 2007, 2008, somewhere around there that and presented. So that was my first chance to get to really see a, a national meeting and and really present and then probably two or three years later as our at Baptist as our clinical programs developed we started a diabetes program and did a paper on it and it got a best practice award so got to go to a Las Vegas um, or winter meeting and uh, present that which was truly an honor and very exciting and then that was all about the time that Dee was in college, so she'll tell you about how that affected her. It was, you know, it was really interesting, and it, and I guess the biggest thing that doing that made me do was learn more as far as the whole diabetes thing. I didn't know anything about that, but we, you know, as we started that program, I got educated, and just picking up that whole new uh subset of knowledge that you, you think you know about it but when you really dive down into it you find that it's really more interesting and I can remember after doing it for you know a few months it's like it when you get this right it's really satisfying when you get it wrong it's not not so much fun but it was truly really interesting to to learn a whole new set 
section of things that after being in practice as long as I had been, it's always something new to learn. It's funny that you mentioned the Seattle meeting because I attribute that Seattle summer ASHP conference with really catapulting me to where I am now. Um, I was involved in associations as a student. Um, I was very involved in our SSHP chapter. And when I found out that my mom was going to Seattle, I was like, ooh, maybe I can come too. And maybe she'll pay for it. And she did, uh, which was great. Um, But it was that meeting that really exposed me to ASHP on a national level. And I was able to make friends who really were and are still mentors for me. They've really helped guide me in my involvement within this association. They encouraged me to get involved more as a student and then um, really encouraged me as I applied and got an ASHP rotation during my fourth year and then really helped influence me when I was picking residencies and I picked my PGY1 and I got it because of that mentorship and those relationships. And I say that if I hadn't gotten my PGY1 where I did, then I don't think I would have gotten my specialty PGY2. And if I hadn't done my specific specialty PGY2, there's no way that I would be where I am at St. Jude now. So I really, like I said, attribute that one meeting, that involvement to my entire career now. And it's, probably because my mom went to the meeting and I wanted a free trip to Seattle. I will say, I think for my mom and myself, the roles are perhaps a little bit reversed. I think that in the last several years, I have been extremely involved in associations. And I think that it started to rub off on my mom to a certain extent. I think that my experiences I've shared with her enough that she really, I hope, has started to see some of the value that association involvement can bring. For me, it's fun hearing about everyone talk about how the summer meeting was so pivotal because for me, it was also a summer meeting. I was a P2, I was a fundraising co-chair in SSHP. So by no means running the organization really had no business even being a part of this conversation, but there was an opportunity for a representative from my school to go to the summer meeting to represent our SSHP. And everyone in a position more important than myself wasn't unable to go. And so I figured, you know, I've never been to Denver. Sure, a free trip, very similarly. And so I went and during one of the student program programming sessions, I had a conversation with someone who was also a pharmacy student who had served on the pharmacy student executive forum, which I had never heard of at this point. And he said, you know, I really think you should look into it. It seems like perhaps this is something that you might enjoy. And so really that conversation turned me on to a lot of things that honestly have been really pivotal in my career thus far. I went on and was able to be a student member of the Commission on Affiliate Relations as a P4. And I remember that showing up to that room as a student surrounded by these impressive pharmacy leaders, these residency program directors, these people that I would love to emulate in my career one day, walking into the room and feeling so intimidated And they made me feel like I deserve to have a seat at that table just as much as they did. And for me, being a P4 so early in my career, that is something that I will never forget. They always asked my opinion. They acted as though my thoughts were just as valid as theirs. And to me, that really sparked, you know, 
I'm always going to be involved in this. This is a feeling that I like. I love being a part of something that's bigger than myself, networking with these people from all across the country, you know, hearing about resources that are available to me that I didn't even realize. Um, I also, through that, was able to find my love of advocacy. I was able to go to um, policy day with ASHP, and that was my first experience ever being a part of advocacy face-to-face. -face. I was the only constituent from South Carolina who was there that year. And so, again, showing up in your legislator's office by yourself with just your, your buddy from ASHP, your staff member, is also very intimidating. And for me, it was a really great exercise in confidence and finding my voice and being the voice in the room for the profession, which is not something that I ever would have thought is a situation I'd be in as a P4. Um, but the opportunities that ASHP's provided for me thus far have, have really been influential. And for me, I think is going to be a nice career because I'm actually going there next year to be an executive fellow in association leadership and management. So hopefully the beginning of a, a career doing all these things I love. Gabby, we're so excited to have you. We can't wait for you to join our team. And, you know, hearing from the staff side, I think it's really incredible to hear how pivotal and life-changing and career-influencing all of these meetings are because, you know, on the back end, sometimes we're hustling so much just to try and get the meeting off the ground and make sure, you know, we're, we're thinking of logistics and it really is impacting everybody in very different ways that we don't even think about. So I'm very grateful to have heard all of your different stories. So touching back on everything that we've covered today from how the profession has changed over time and how your relationship and engagement has enhanced your career, how would you say the experience of multi-generational pharmacists is potentially influencing future generations? Well, as the only one of four daughters that followed my mother, as um, a pharmacist, I do think that it's changed our relationship. It's made us closer and given us kind of that common interest to bond over. As far as future generations, I do have two small sons. And I can't help but think back at, you know, what the profession was like when my mother graduated pharmacy school in 1980 and what it's like now, the change that she has seen and that makes me think, what kind of change am I going to see in my career? And then what is pharmacy going to look like when my kids are at an age where they could consider it as a career? I do think that I definitely would support them if they chose to go into pharmacy. I might steer them from some of the decisions I made. I might steer them to some of them. I'm, I'm not really sure. It's hard to say because, again, I have no idea what the profession is going to look like in 18 years. I can't imagine either. As much as things have changed in the 41 years that I've been practicing, and I was telling Dee this yesterday, I can remember at one point, point in time in pharmacy school that I was really down. My mother had sent me a note, and I found it not too long ago. It was just one of these little quick fold-up notes that, you know, you sit in the mail, and it's you open it up, she says, hope this helps you over the hump. This is what you're working for. It was the ad she'd cut out of the newspaper that said that was hiring a pharmacist and the starting salary was $15,000. And I look at that and I think, that's not right. I didn't go to do all that and go to school for five years to make $15,000 a year. But, and then look at what we, what we do now. 
I've just been so fortunate to be in the places that I was to get the opportunities that I did, like I said, never intending on being the type of pharmacist that I wound up being clinical in a position with the healthcare team. The hospital I work at now, we do multidisciplinary rounds once a day and we're able to meet with all the different departments. So I'm doing TPN orders for the first time in a very, very long time. You know, it's it's always something new, something changing and an opportunity to find that niche that you could support so many different personalities, so many different types of people to once they find that niche that they fit into and develop a wonderful career. And and for me, you know, like like Gabby had mentioned, coming from a family of pharmacists, my husband, my brother and sister-in-law, a few cousins, obviously my mom, we're all pharmacists and we're all practicing in different areas of pharmacy um, and at different times in our careers, which makes Thanksgiving table very interesting. And even interesting on this panel to hear the different experiences and struggles that each of us are facing. I'm really enjoying this conversation with you ladies. And, and like Delia, I also have two boys. They are nine and 12. And we talk often about what a pharmacist is and the value that a pharmacist can bring to the community, even with COVID. It has brought to light many areas of pharmacy that are serving the community in such an impactful and positive way. And maybe my boys will follow in our footsteps by seeing the love we have for this great profession, but really as long as they do something that they love to me, that they're passionate about, that is truly what matters. Yeah, like Diana, um, I'd be happy and supportive if my grandchildren went into pharmacy, but I'd be happy and supportive if they went into any career. My uh, two older sons did not go into pharmacy, but they still understand and are involved in health IT. And since I've made that pivotal change to health IT, it, it really has uh, evolved in our relationship and hopefully their children will also want to become more involved in, in pharmacy. I, I do remember, and it, it's quite interesting because I mentor just tons of people over the years and still mentor today. I had, I had one mentee back when we first formed the Pharmacy HIT Collaborative, uh, Sam Anderig. I don't know if you remember Sam. He was, a, he was a pharmacy student under Carl Gumper and uh, we just made that connection and he did some projects for us on coding, which led him to his residency program, which then led him uh, to uh, continue to be under contract with the Pharmacy HIT Collaborative and was our coding manager, which then led him, he was actually one of the chairs of the section on pharmacy informatics. He has started his own computer company, software company. And so meeting, uh, just interacting with people is such an important piece. It doesn't matter if they're family or if they're just a stranger, uh, getting them involved in pharmacy and the future of pharmacy, I think is important. And this is what I live with in terms of health IT. Pharmacy has its place. And I believe that many more people will find pharmacy a very valuable portion as we begin to leverage technology for the future. But my grandchildren, I hope they go into pharmacy because I feel that we're making it a better place for the next generation. 
and I'm going to continue to mentor them, whether they're family or whether they're a stranger. Um, speaking of multi-generational pharmacists, just a fun little story. When Gabby started her P1 year and we were looking over her textbook requirements, I noticed that her pharmaceutical calculations book was actually the exact same book I had used. And I was able to go get that book. I had saved it because one of the authors was actually a dean of the pharmacy school. And I passed that on to my daughter. Um, my sister had also used it. My brother-in-law had also used it. And now my nephew, who will be a P2 in the fall, is actually going to use that same textbook. So it's definitely influencing future generations in that uh, we have another family member currently in pharmacy school. I think it definitely keeps the conversation interesting. It's comforting to know that with as many things that have changed in pharmacy, at least pharmacy calculations really haven't changed that much. Um, it's definitely something that exactly like Diana said, it keeps Thanksgiving very interesting because we're all practicing in such different settings. I'm the first one to complete a residency, for example. And so I can talk about my experiences, both working in specialty pharmacy, as well as completing a PGY1 residency program. And these are things that my younger cousins can hear. And I also am able to talk about how diverse my rotation experiences were, which is something that I think has likely changed in recent years as well. I had the opportunity to rotate through the Indian Health Services in Alaska. I had the opportunity to do an academic research rotation in the United Kingdom. I even was able to do an association management rotation at ASHP. So these are things that I had the opportunity to do through my school and they really were formative for me in figuring out what kind of a career I wanted for myself. And I like to think that my experiences and sharing them and talking about them can help to influence you know, my younger cousins, one day kids of my own. My husband is also a pharmacist. I like to think that talking about how diverse the opportunities in pharmacy are, that it will encourage future generations of pharmacists to really get out there and see what's available and know that it's not just one or two traditional paths. There's a lot of different places that you could go with a degree in pharmacy. There are so many different mentions of mentorship and peer influence and family influence on in all of your careers. And I think mentorship is especially important because that is not only teaching the next generation, but you're still learning also. Um, so are there any other tips that you'd like to share with our listeners? I will add one thing for me that was interesting having a mom that was a pharmacist growing up. That put me in a unique position and that a lot of the people that I was surrounded by as a child were strong woman pharmacist leaders. These were people that were in my life because they were my mom's coworkers. They were people that saw me grow up. And I will say that as I became older and decided to join the profession for myself, it was really unique to be able to see those relationships go from being my mom's coworkers to some of them being some of my closest professional mentors. And these are really strong relationships. And I've been able to learn a lot from these women. And I will say that I think it's been really influential for myself wanting one day to be one of those strong woman pharmacist leaders growing up around them, I think really had an impact. So kind of along the lines of the mentorship, and, and I feel like all of us throughout this conversation, that's been the the common thing, kind of Maria, like you said, um, it reminds me a lot of the letters book series that ASHP publishes. Um, I had the opportunity to write uh, a letter in the letters from uh, Rising Stars 
And if anyone really enjoys this kind of talk, um, I would really strongly suggest picking up some of those books. It actually has gotten me thinking, how much fun would it be to write a letters from parents to children of pharmacy? I feel like we all have these anecdotes and stories that other people could relate to. I don't know. It's gotten me kind of excited. I love that. And kind of thinking about last feelings, I would say, you know, don't be afraid to be a mentor or a mentee in any time of your career. If you're exploring a new aspect of pharmacy, you know, using your connections or attending a state or national affiliate meeting to find a person to support you in your journey, I think is is what we're here for. We want to learn from each other and, you know, we do best practices all the time. Why not do a best practice for your career journey? And Personally, I'm just so grateful to have been a part of this podcast and share this experience with my mom and these wonderful duos, just to have it, to have the experience today, and then also be able to listen to this later in in my career, in my life, and maybe pick up on some things that I'm not picking up on now. There is no way I would be the woman I am without my mom helping and supporting me. So thanks, mom, for being my biggest fan and my mentor, my sounding board, and all of that wonderful stuff. I just can't say enough about how wonderful you are. It's, it's been a privilege to really be part of this podcast. And I'm so proud of Diana and her growth and her involvement in her professional life and and her continuation of, of giving back to the profession. And now I get to go with her to her meetings and we get to stay in a hotel room. We make it a mother daughter type of event so we could spend some time together And it's such a a privilege to be part of that, that I get to follow her now in her career and in her professional growth. And there's no greater honor than to see a child who wants to succeed in the profession that you've chosen. So I'm, I'm extremely proud of her. Thank you, Diana. What you can't see because this is a podcast is how every one of our faces are like, switching between big smiles and then I think sometimes maybe fighting back a tear or two because you can tell we all are so passionate about this and from the daughters proud of their mothers because like Diana said we would not be where we are today if it wasn't for them. Well it's also very very heartwarming and proud mama feeling that you have that your daughter is in a career where she's happy where she could take care of herself if she needed to you don't, you don't have that worry. I'm proud of you. Well, I can't tell you all how much I absolutely appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know that you probably also appreciated having this one hour of the day where you get to see each other and just hear praises and hear how much, you know, your careers have influenced your lives, but also enhanced your own relationships with each other. So I think it's very special and I really, really appreciate you all sharing so much about your relationship and your pharmacy journeys. Um, And I hope our listeners enjoyed hearing your stories and can relate to how these family dynamics influence so many aspects of our lives. Thank you all so much. Join us here at ASHP Official for more podcasts as part of the Women in Pharmacy Leadership Series. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. 
If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official. 